next factor is annoying, is it not? And last night um, was no different. This particular moment last night, that re- and you're saying to me, I know what you're saying. You're saying, would you not be better preparing a sermon on Saturday night than watching Acts Factor? Um, last night, um, I watch it because it's a family, liturgical, communal thing. I wish they would watch the match, but they don't. So we have to watch Acts Factor. But last night, the thing that annoyed me most was this wee cub who wasn't bad, actually. He could sing, which is an improvement on X Factor, let's face it. And he got up and he said, I'm going to sing Run by Leona Lewis. Well, you see, he should have been whipped right off the stage at that point. His musical ignorance is such that he shouldn't be allowed on a stage because Run is not by Leona Lewis. Though Leona Lewis has done it. Now, with a little discussion with my 12-year-old daughter who suggested that he was doing Leona Lewis's arrangement of Run. Um, there was a little bit of friction in the Stockman household at that moment, but Run was written by a mate of mine. When he lived with us a number of years ago in Deravolgi, I always bought the coffee and said, while I'm earning more than you, I'll buy the coffee. Run is the reason that I don't have to buy the coffee anymore. And this little cub's on there saying, it's a Leona Lewis song. It's not a Leona Lewis song. It's a song by Snow Patrol. And you're saying, is he on one of his Alex Ferguson runs like last week? No, I'm not. There is a reason for that introduction. Because today's title for the sermon is from another Snow Patrol song. Their more popular song, probably even, than Run, called Chasing Cars. And in the middle of Chasing Cars, Gary Lightbody sings, I need your grace to remind me to find my own. He's not singing about church. He's, it's a relationship song. All Gary's are twisted, torturous relationship songs. I don't know Gary personally, but Ian tells me that they are for real and that's the sort of man he is and it's probably good because it creates the next album. But I need your grace to remind me to find my own. Always struck me as the reason for church. Because I, as your minister, need your grace to remind me to find my own grace. We, across the pews, need each other. We've been talking the last two weeks about being ragamuffins, where we are fallen. We are 80% angel, but 10% demon. And the rest is hard to explain. We've been looking at the ragamuffin side of ourselves. And then last week we were looking at how we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus because of what Christ has done for us and the gift of God's grace. When we're on that side of the coin and when the Holy Spirit is working within us to the point where we're serving others, whether in Nepal or whether on the streets out here at Nightreach or in work or at home or wherever, when we show that kind of grace, it reminds those of us who are struggling in faith, who are knowing the dark clouds of our ragamuffin state that not only do we need to find this grace but ragamuffins like us have found that grace and that God is alive and well and can nurture us and nourish us in his grace. Today's title is I need your grace to remind me to find my own. We are which is the overall series we're in the middle of, we are 
a nurturing community. And as we look at nurturing communities in the scriptures, or how nurturing communities should be in the scriptures, the one that I decided to get us to read, or Jun Pat to read, was that wonderful picture in Ephesians 4 of a community that is growing, maturing, developing. I also want to touch today on Romans chapter 12 and also on Acts chapter 2. But let's start by saying this. Are we islands as human beings? No, we're not. Could head down a Paul Simon route there, but I didn't think about it in time. No, we're not islands. And you'll find that the psychologists and the social workers and anybody who's working with broken people will tell us that the more island we are, the more of a mess we will be in. If we don't nurture children, if we don't allow them to have a little cry when they come to church, if we don't have them right there in the center of what we do in relationship, in family or community, then those children will grow up to be psychologically scarred and find themselves with all kinds of problems. People who live in isolation find themselves in great hurt. I went along to the South Belfast Health Partnership Group, and that's one of the things they have targeted as needs to be dealt with in South Belfast and around the area that we live in. Lots of people living in isolation. It is not good to live in isolation. Those who live in loving, nurturing families usually are psychologically better developed, know they're loved more, and maybe have less issues. And in that way, church is a sacrament of sorts. I know we've only two, not talking theologically. Because what church does is it should be an alternative to a world in isolation. To say that we are a community and we believe in community and we believe in the need for one another and the commitment to one another and receiving the love from one another that helps us not only as human beings but therefore in our spiritual journey. We need each other's grace to help us to find our own grace. Church is not a building. Church is not an order of service. Church is not a program of events. Though all three of those are important to how our particular church in Fitzroy works. Church, Ephesians 4 tells us, is a body of people coming together to share all the abilities and the gifts that they have, to share each other in honesty and truth and authenticity, and to find ourselves in unity, growing far better and far more ably than we would if we were islands of faith living out there. Now, people can live as islands and be Christians. It's not going to stop them getting into heaven if they don't go to church or whatever else. And that's pretty much this generation's, well, I don't need to go to church, and church really frustrates me, and church, well, I'll just, you know, I don't need to go. We don't need to go. Praise the Lord, we don't need to go. But it's not going to be helpful to us if we don't go. And more importantly, can I say, Take yourself out of it. 
It's not going to be helpful to me if you don't go. Because I need your grace to remind me to find my own. We are a living, organic thing, growing in relationships of honesty and authenticity. And can I say that this series is a celebration of who we are as Fitzroy, and I love the honesty and the authenticity of this congregation. I have attended, when when you're the chaplain, well, before the girls were born, we used to go out and preach in different churches every Sunday morning. And so Janice could do an A to Z of... uh, what it's like to sit in the pews of Presbyterian churches across the island. And I was, it never ceases to amaze me on a Sunday morning how quickly a car park could clear. Be shaking hands with people at the door, and people would walk out, and you'd say, oh, I remember them from university. I must get a chat with them when I've shaken the last person's hand. You shook the last person's hand, caretaker came, closed the door, you looked out, not only was your friend from Queens gone, but the car park was empty, and you were left just there with your wife and a car in the car park, and nobody seemed to want to know anything about anybody or anything else. The depth of knowledge of one another in this congregation is something that we do want to celebrate. The honesty in which we share things and put arms around each other and support each other in the warmth of that is to be celebrated. And we need to declare ourselves to each other and to the world outside that we are a nurturing community who can be honest and truthful as we're commanded to be or as Paul says we're going to be in Ephesians 4. There's a lot of talk from the front in the new culture of a new minister of getting out of the bond we talked about a few weeks ago and we'll come back to that over the course of the next couple of weeks where we look at ourselves as vocational particles of light across the city next week and then as we look at what we're going to do in neighborhood outreach here the week after and all the other ways that we're going to get out of these walls because we need to get out of these walls because though we're here to nurture each other we're not here to be nurturing each other only we're here to go out to the communities outside but as I declare us or as I try to push us and prod us out with all kinds of ideas that are coming from the committees looking at mission and all those other kinds of things, can I say we will never neglect the need for ourselves to nurture each other? Never think that because we're focusing on the out that we will neglect nurturing of the end. What happens up here after the service? Can I celebrate those who battled for this area and for the clearing of this area and for the tea and coffee trolley to come into this area. Because though I hope the services that we put together are an incredibly important part to the nurturing us of us as a congregation, this area after church is perhaps the area where biblical fellowship and congregational life really happens. It's where people get welcomed. It's the first place that you meet people. It's the place where you begin to sense that you might belong to this community. It's a place where as I go down there and shake hands with people and come up the other aisle, I hear people in conversation. I watch people praying for one another in the pews. I hear sharing and crying at times, and I know that there are people getting to know each other and becoming known. We are building community. 
and the tea and coffee after the service, sometimes taking longer than the service itself, is a good thing. It's probably what makes us, at this point, a nurturing community. But there's other things. When I arrived here, I got all this talk about spider's legs. We're doing flies now. But uh, at that time, spiders were the insect of choice. And I'd grown up with the beetles, so insects were all right for me. But uh, spider's legs were being... People said to me, well, you know, we do a lot of great things in Fitzroy, but there's kind of like these spider's legs all over the place, doing all kinds of stuff. And what we need is a, a head. And I thought, well, probably the first thing we need is a body. And then a head. And I don't want to be the body or the head. I want to be part of the body. I want to be part of the head, but uh, only my job is the voice. So... We need to get these spider's legs back in together again. And it's amazing the stuff that we're doing. We're putting together a welcome pack. And when you lay down the stuff that we're doing as a nurturing congregation, like home groups and speaking of faith and prayer fellowship and opening the church for prayer on a Wednesday and all kinds of things that are happening around the place that is the nurturing that's going on from Sunday to Sunday. But then we look at the stuff we're doing to do with fair trade or reconciliation in the Clonard Fitzroy or care for creation and all the stuff that we're involved with Embrace and Simon Community and Women's Aid and all kinds of things that are going on and they're all absolutely fantastic things but as a fellowship it seems to me scripturally they all come from the heart of the community which is community meeting which is community committed to each other, which is a community where we feel we belong. And from there, these things go out, not because we're doing these things. Oh, look at all those things that we're doing around the place. I tell you what we should do. We should gather them all up and bring them into the one name. They shouldn't be gathered up and brought into the one name. They should come out from the center and the heart of a nurturing community with a vision that all these things are taking this community on that journey to follow Jesus wherever Jesus would long that we go. So Acts chapter 2, which is a wonderful picture, is it not? You know, after Pentecost of that earliest community, they were doing all kinds of stuff and people outside were saying, oh my word, look at those things that that church is doing or that community is doing. But it came from the meeting together in the temple courts. It came from the breaking of bread and the studying of scriptures. It came from the heart of the community, of a nurturing community, being strengthened and equipped and gifted to be doing other things outside the community. Romans chapter 12, when Paul talks about community, he says these words that frighten me and yet excite me. We belong to one another. We belong to one another. So if we're islands then we're not helping the ones that we belong to. It doesn't say other people belong to you. It says you belong to one another. It's a mutual thing. I need your grace to remind me to find my own. We belong to each other. We are linked. And when we commit ourselves to that, in totality, I believe that nurturing happens and mission happens. And we will go forward in exciting ways. But we've got to be careful that we're not islands. Steve Turner is, uh, those of my age might remember him as a poet. 
He's a, a writer. He's written biographies on Johnny Cash and the Beatles and various other people. I'm convinced that I got my book deal for my U2 book because they thought I was Steve Turner. They got it wrong. And actually, there was a review done in America of my book written by Steve Turner. Not the review. They thought the book had been written by Steve Turner. And so he befriended me on Facebook the other week, and I said, Steve, I owe you a big percentage of my royalty check because I'm convinced that I wouldn't have had that book had it not been used. So he asked me for a big percentage, it has to be said. (laughs) But Steve, one time at, uh, at Greenbelt, was talking about how we infiltrate the community around us and the society that we're in. He was talking specifically about rock music. But he said there's three ways that we can do that. We can do that in an an unconnected way. We're not involved in it at all. We just stay in our little church here and we spend all our time in church here and we don't dare look outside the doors or the windows. And we just nurture each other. It's not going to make any impression in the community around us. Or maybe we'll go out onto the step the odd day and put a new poster in the sign saying, church here, everybody welcome. But we're not going to go out to welcome anybody. He talks about unengaged. We're not engaged in the community at all. And then he talks about another thing which is uninformed. So we rush out into the community and we say, uh, we say something like, um, are you saved? And they go, is that a question about insurance? Um, Meerkat.com perhaps or compare? What, 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 what do you mean, are we saved? Well, you know, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? I like lamb, but never thought of washing myself in the, as, as a, a new technique to get rid of lice when the kids go back to school. I mean, oh, now those are true. We believe them to be true. I'm, I'm not knocking the truth of the phrases, but I'm saying like Paul in Acts chapter 17, if we go out into the community with phrases and cliches and we don't connect them with the needs or what's going on in the culture, then they will just not make any sense. We need to be informed. What's the needs of this community? What are the issues that are being discussed? This week we've got all kinds of reasons to discuss things because everybody seems to be annoyed that the Pope said we're a secular country and we need to think about God again. I thought, good on you fellas. Somebody needed to say it. So everybody's talking about that. We can be informed by the news. We can be informed and we can engage with people where people are by incarnational approaches to it. And then the third one that Steve said, and this is how I want to end this morning. Steve said the biggest danger is that we go out there and we're so in that we blend into the culture and we become just like the culture because we're not connected to the heart of the church community that allows us to be accountable, that nourishes us in the truths of the scriptures and how many have lost their way in faith Because they started off with great intentions to go out there and be involved in the culture. Man, why did I look at Neil McGowan when I said that? Uh, Cool, sweet, but we just lost accountability. We lost a nurturing community. We no longer belonged to each other. We were islands. And if we're islands, the chances of survival are not so good. We are a nurturing community. And we need to be a nurturing community. And if you're new with us this morning and you're just a visitor, I hope that you sense something of the warmth of that nurturing community. And if you should be one of those who wants to begin to belong to us as a fellowship, we long to have your grace to remind us 
to find our own grace. And we hope that through the many things that we do, that you will be nurtured in the faith. So that we will all grow up in truth and in honesty. To find the fullness of Christ that Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for one another. We thank you that we have each other to remind us to find our own grace because we see grace in the lives of those around us, because we experience grace from the fellowship that we have with one another. We thank you, Lord, that that's not just something you call us to for our own nurture and maturity, but as we sung earlier on, you told the disciples that all men will know that we're your disciples if we love one another, if we bond ourselves to belong to each other in this heart of community. It will be the very source of not only our growth, but of our mission. So we pray, Lord, that you would help us to be courageous, help us to be truthful, help us to be honest, and help us to cross those uncomfortable lines in community so that we would be known. And help us to listen to others that we might know them. And that from this center of belonging, your kingdom would come, your will would be done in Fitzroy, in Belfast, and right across the world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.